I just want to tell you real quick about what we're going to sing. Uh, the cantata we're about to sing is called Hark the Angels Sing. We just sang the hymn called Hark the, Angel, Hark the Herald Angels Sing. So it's kind of taken off of that theme, but it's pretty unique. Um, I've sung a few Christmas cantatas. Uh, this one's a little different than most. A lot of times you'll see the Christmas story told from the perspective of Mary and Joseph following their path all the way to Bethlehem. Sometimes you see it told from the perspective of the shepherds, uh, sometimes from the perspective of the wise men. Well, this cantata is going to tell the story from the perspective of the angels, God's angels. And um, the first song in the cantata is the scene in the throne room of God where the angels are worshiping God. And they've been there for eternity. And they've been there ever since the beginning of the world, since the world was created. They've been there serving and worshiping God. And it says they're waiting in anticipation for God to give them the green light to announce the Messiah. To announce to the world that God has sent his son Jesus, the Savior. And they have known what God's, God is planning to send the Messiah ever since the first prophecy, which is in Genesis 3. God said to the serpent, a descendant of the woman will crush your head. He promised a Savior starting from that point on and throughout the Bible, God sent prophets to his people Israel to say the Messiah, the Savior, Jesus, is coming. And they were very specific prophecies. Isaiah 7 said he would be born of a virgin. Micah 5 says he will be born in Bethlehem. And so the angels have known this for many years. And the prophets knew this for many years when God gave them this message. And and a, and a verse that is just really fascinating that kind of ties us all together is in First Peter. And let me read it to you. It says in First Peter 1, 10, it says, As to this salvation, the prophets who prophesied of the grace that would come to you made careful searches and inquiries, seeking to know what person or time the Spirit of Christ within them was indicating as he predicted the sufferings of Christ and the glories to follow. It was revealed to them that they were not serving themselves, but you. In these things which you have now been announced to you through those who preach the gospel to you by the Holy Spirit sent from heaven. So God gave the word to the prophets. Jesus is coming. The Savior is coming. He will be born of a virgin. He will be born in Bethlehem. And this is how he will live and he will suffer and he will die. And he will be the Lamb of God. And the prophets didn't know when it was going to happen who Jesus was going to be born to, but they really wanted to. But they knew that it was for our benefit and for our salvation. And here's the really fascinating verse. At the end it says, those who preach the gospel to you by the Holy Spirit sent from heaven. And it says, angels long to look into these things. Angels have a, have a deep curiosity and fascination with what God is doing for us, with what God promised to do for us, with what God accomplished through the life and death of Jesus Christ, they're just really curious about it. They're fascinated by it, and they want to know more. And angels don't get to experience salvation. They don't. That's something uniquely experienced by us because we've been forgiven. 
And we've been loved by God so much that he sent his son for us. Angels never have that experience. And so they're fascinated by what it must be like to experience God's love in the way that we do. Second song is going to say, the angels are waiting to announce the king. Imagine if your dad was going to give a speech and it was up to you to announce him. Wouldn't you just be so excited to say, and ladies and gentlemen, my dad, you know, the angels are just just waiting in anticipation to be able to tell the world, here he is. First uh, song three, the angels have the task to come and give the announcement to Mary and Joseph. And so they do that, and we'll sing about that as well. Song four is a song about the people of Israel and the whole world waiting for God's salvation. And it's kind of a dark-sounding song, but it really describes the oppression and the guilt of sin that needs a Savior. Song four and five is the angels' announcement to the shepherds. And the angels get the opportunity to just sing as loud as they want to to those shepherds and tell them, The king is here. He's here. He's in Bethlehem. Go find him and worship him. And then the last song is really looks forward to the second time that God will send his son to earth. The first time God sent his son for our salvation to be born first and then to live and die. The second time God sends his son, it will be to gather up his church and then to judge all those who have rejected him. And that will be joyful for us and sad for anyone who has turned their back on Jesus Christ, their king. But it's the same message from the angels. Here comes the king. He has lived and died for you, for your salvation. Now, I think it's great that, uh, that this uh, nativity scene right here got set up here because this really illustrates exactly what I just said. If you could picture the angels in heaven, the choir, just looking down on earth going, wow, what is going on down there? There he is. There's the king. And I hope that you'll remember the song tells the story from the perspective of the angels, but the star isn't the angels. The star is Jesus Christ. The star is God. God the Father who loved us so much that he sent his son to death. And God the Son who loved us so much that he was willing to obey and come to his death here on this earth. I hope that just like the angels want to look into these things and understand more, the song will make you want to look into these things more and understand the love of Jesus for you.
angels had waited patiently for the Father to reveal that plan. We'd heard the prophets speak of God sending his son to earth. They had said he would be born in the town of Bethlehem. We had ideas of what he might be like, and we were getting anxious to see him. Finally, the Father gathered all the heavenly beings together. Watch, he said. Watch, for what you've been waiting for will soon be revealed. We would have a part in his announcement. Perhaps God would dispatch our glorious choir. Or maybe we would form a huge, luminous spectacle in the sky that all Israel would see. 
But not yet. First, one of our own. Only one angel was sent to a young girl. And not in Bethlehem of Judea as we had expected. Gabriel got the assignment to tell a young virgin girl in Nazareth of Galilee that she would be the mother of the Savior of the world. It was a surprise to her. It was a surprise to us all. Fear not, my child, for you have been chosen to carry this holy one. Our Lord above, in whom you found favor, wants you to bear his We wondered what would happen to Joseph, her betrothed, when he heard the news. He was a good man, a righteous man. He loved Mary, but what should he do? If he married her, he would shame his family. If he divorced her, he would disgrace her. Would he reject her? Would he ever understand? Gabriel came to Joseph in a dream with a message that would answer these questions. not my son to take this woman to take her as your wife for that which is now conceived within her is from the
Gabriel was given the privilege of telling this news to the young couple, but the rest of us had to wait. We could say nothing. But we could see how Bethlehem would fit into the picture. We continued to watch as the whole plan unfolded. this decree. Every man shall return to his home and pay a tax to the coffers of Rome. So shall it be. So shall it be. from Caesar, Joseph and Mary would have to travel down from Galilee to the country called Judea, to the city of David, better known as Bethlehem. Joseph's ancestors were from, you guessed it, Bethlehem. Even though the journey was long, the timing was perfect, of course. The child Mary was carrying was due any day. They would travel this long road to fulfill the law, but it would also fulfill the prophecies about his birth. The Messiah would be a Nazarene, they had said, but he would be born in Bethlehem. Yeah. 
Mary and Joseph traveled for perhaps three or four days. They were sent from heaven to guard them, to keep them safe on their journey. But instead of finding a warm, clean place to stay, they found that all the inns were full, no room for them anywhere. An innkeeper offered his stable for the night. They gratefully accepted. If the citizens of Bethlehem had only known who was to be born that night, I'm sure they would have made some arrangements. I wanted to tell them, but we were not allowed. We were silenced. I can't help but wonder, though, what would have happened if they'd known that the Messiah had come? It happened. Finally, it happened. The child was born right there in the stable. He is born the divine Christ child. We wanted to shout it to the world, the whole world. Joy to the world. Joy to the earth, the 
But instead of telling the whole world the good news, we were sent to the countryside. To a band of shepherds who were totally unaware of what had just happened, we appeared to them. Needless to say, they were surprised. Surprised? We almost scared them to death. Do not be afraid, for behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which will be to all people. For there is born to you this day in the city of David a Savior, who is Christ the Lord. And this will be the sign to you. You will find a babe wrapped in swaddling cloths, lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly host, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth, peace, goodwill toward men. The shepherds left immediately and did as we told them. When they arrived, they found Mary and Joseph. And they found the babe wrapped in cloths, lying in a feeding trough. It was the sweetest sight ever. Those weathered old shepherds took turns, gently holding the little child. never commanded the shepherds to go out and tell what they had seen that night. No, the news just sort of overflowed. They were so touched by the tiny Messiah that they had to tell everyone they saw. The army of angels had been sent back to heaven, so the news about Jesus had to be broadcast by the mortals. The word spread quickly. Christ is born. Go tell it. Tell it on the mountain top that Jesus Christ is born. Jesus Christ is born. Go tell it. Tell it on the mountain top that Jesus Christ is born. 
Some of us have been sent on other missions, but nothing like that night. That was the last time we were deployed to Earth in such a way. But we did watch over the child as he grew strong and wise. We saw him grow to be a man. We saw him use his heavenly powers to heal and raise the dead. We heard him speak and teach and sing. But just when he was beginning to make a difference, it seemed, he was arrested and executed like a criminal. He even had to be buried in a borrowed tomb. However, on the third day, an angel was permitted to speak again, sent to his tomb to tell the best news of all. This angel proclaimed that Jesus had risen from the dead. That was the best news of all. Jesus, the Messiah, had fulfilled yet another prophecy and the Father's plan to save his people. By Christ's death, and resurrection, the gate between heaven and earth is opened. Through faith, man can be reconciled to his holiness, almighty God. The first time he came, his throne was a feeding trough, his scepter a piece of straw, his processional was the mooing of cattle, and his court was a band of shepherds. But when he comes again, the scene will be different. We will announce him again, but this time, the whole world will see him and recognize him as King of Kings and Lord of Lords.